brother Mike Hawkins and I got in the car and we drove six hours and 15 minutes to Newport News, Virginia just to see some people from Florida with motorcycles. Some good friends of ours that build choppers were coming up to a show in Newport News and <clears throat> we weren't going to miss the opportunity to see them. So we hightailed it. We spent an 18-hour day to spend four hours with some people from Florida. It's not inherently a bad thing, okay? So remember all that. I'm going to come back to that too. My point is that is on the way back, we're driving, and my beloved Subaru starts making some sounds. I don't, I don't, I have to be careful what I say because they might come arrest me. But the speed limit is a suggestion sometimes. <laughs> and I'm pretty good at not getting caught. And that dad should not have said that, right? My point is, is that there were times when my car was developing such high RPMs coming down some of these mountains and downshifting to go up them that when I would downshift and the RPMs would scream, I would hear. And then when I would downshift coming down a hill, and then it would go away. Now, to, to somebody, you know, just your average everyday person, that would just be a sound coming from the car or maybe the wind, <laughs> the windshield wipers. But to me, that screams, my oil is too low and my valves are rattling. That's bad. It's no, no. Had I not recognized the signs when I did and pulled over and realized that I had probably less than half a quart of oil in my car, I might not have come home in that car my beloved black Subaru, which I so adore. Had I maybe had the radio up too high or been talking too much with my brother, I could have missed it. But knowing how hard I was pushing the car, how fast I felt like I needed to go to get home in a timely manner, I was listening. How come we don't do that with ourselves? How come I can love an inanimate object with four wheels so much that I'll pay attention to it? But we can't pay attention to our own ticking valves, to our own heart-skipping beats, to our own cynical thoughts that weren't there the week before. This is the cool part. Jesus tells us things. So what does Jesus say? Matthew eleven twenty-eight through 30. This is the NIV. And then we're going to use my new Bible. Okay. Matthew 11, 28 to 30, NIV. <sighs> Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is... My notes say woke. Because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Did I get it right on the screen? Yes. It's a wonder that everything's not misspelled up there. You'll find out why here in a minute. I'm going to read that again because it speaks so much. Come to me, all, who you, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, we've heard that. If you've been in church any amount of time, you've had that spoken over you. And if you just kind of read it, 
it makes a little bit of sense. I like the way the Passion Translation says it. Are you weary, carrying a heavy burden? Come to me. I will refresh your life. I am your oasis. Simply join your life with mine. Learn my ways and you'll discover that I am gentle, humble, easy to please. You'll find refreshment and rest in me. So what we see if we take that apart are three invitations. Three separate invitations. So we're going to break those down a little bit and go a little bit deeper into that. The first invitation. Come to me all who are weary and burdened. Come to me. The first invitation is to relationship. It's that simple. He's saying, come to me, weary and burdened. Who's weary and burdened? Try that again. Who's weary and burdened? Every single one of us at some point at some time. In my notes, I put for who? The burdened, the weary, the tired, the human. That's who. I, don't, I haven't thought about this, but maybe we should, maybe until just now, maybe, maybe we should stop being human doings and just really be human beings. And just come be in that invitation, in that invitation to come be with him. So what are we coming from? We're coming from work. We're coming from family. We're coming from relationships, health, finances, you name it. These are all things that can cause us to be weary and burdened. A good relationship can cause us to be weary and burdened. We've been married 21, two years. Yeah, 22, right? It's 20-something in December. I got it right here. I'm not cheating. We've been married 22 years in December, right? Thank you. That wasn't the point. My point is we've been weary and burdened with each other kind of recently. But what's our answer to that? We have one answer. That's come to Jesus for the rest. See, that rest isn't just taking a nap. Now, naps are a gift from Jesus, from our Father. They repair our bodies. They also can repair our mind. Because when our body is healthy, our mind is healthy. But this rest we're talking about is a different sort of rest. Take my yoke is the second invitation. This is an invitation to a lifelong relationship. I meant to put a picture of an oxen yoke in my notes. I mean, my presentation and I forgot. But how many of you guys know what that looks like, what a yoke looks like? How many holes are in a yoke? Two. Now, when you read that for face value, we think about it, that we think maybe that just means we need to link up with Jesus and he's going to kind of pull us through everything. Right? But when you take two oxen, oxen or whatever it is you're going to shove in a double yoke, horse, I don't know, mule, I don't, I'm not a farmer. You take two animals and you link them up together. That burden that he's calling light is the work that becomes easier. 
Now, Jesus has the ability and will drag us through when we start to drag our feet. His forward motion power is going to pull us with him. But that lifelong relational invitation is because he wants us to get so tight with him that every step ends up being in order with his, in step with his, because he orders every step. And all he's doing is asking us to come to him weary and burdened for a lifelong relationship for the next invitation. The third invitation, which is an invitation to lifelong learning. Because no matter how much we profess to have read this Bible, to know it and have it in our hearts, we still don't know it all. Even the smartest biblical scholar doesn't necessarily know it all because maybe not all of it's been completely revealed to his heart because knowing it for word-faced value is different than having him speak it into your life. And the only way it begins, becomes spoken into your life is when you get to have a relationship with him. I didn't say when you choose, but when you get to because it's a, it's a gift. It's a gift, and like many gifts in our lives, we can take it for granted which can lead to all the long list of signs that I just spoke of. <clears throat> See, I think we forget, maybe don't necessarily understand, or maybe even haven't thought about it, but if anybody understands what it's like to be human, Jesus does. We think Jesus walked the earth for 33 years as a, omnipotent superhero. He did, but he did it in a human body. He was just as much human as we are. He had to rest. There were times when there were so many people pushing and grabbing at him that he said, I got to go to the other side of the water. I have to go get some rest. That just hours before he would give the ultimate gift for us, he had to go to a garden and enter into rest. Jesus slept. Jesus got tired. He got blisters on his feet. He understood what it was like to lose friends. He understood what it was like to have people he loved and trust betray him. He understood what it was like to look at his father and say, are we sure? Because if, if we're not, you can have this cup. So what's he want to teach us? That lifelong relationship first, first takes us on a vertical relationship. Teaches how to hear his voice. How to know he's saying, slow down. To hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, how to discern it, how to know that it's him, whether it's verbally or that tingle in your stomach. Or maybe it's somebody speaking it into your life. How to handle the hardships, how to handle your friend betraying you and sending you to the cross. Sometimes, I mean, I can't compare my life to Jesus's, but sometimes I feel like people have just reached right in my chest and stepped on my heart. So this is where I get to the hard part. I thought I had it all figured out. I really thought I understood what rest was. 
See, I had some people very close to me. <clears throat> There's only a couple men in my life that I give full carte blanche to speak into my life. These are guys that I give oversight into my life. People that no matter what I'm thinking, I've given them the relationship with me to step in and say, stop. And I have to go, okay. I get to ask why, but I need to probably listen in that point. Where the majority of people in my life, I'll say, nope. Watch me. Tell me I can't. That attitude has led me to where I am today. I had two men and a beautiful woman speak, you need to slow down. Early on in the year, you need to Sabbath. You need Sabbath rest. I said, okay, sure. I'll dedicate a whole day to it like I'm supposed to. And I did. Three weeks. And then I got work that I needed to do on that day. So then that made it okay to not Sabbath. And then it happened again and again and again. And now it's normal. I don't remember what Sabbath day was because I haven't taken it. It was supposed to be Mondays in my life. And guess what I'm doing tomorrow? I'm working. But I had some people ask me to promise to do so, and I made that promise, and I've broken it. So that leads me up to the last few weeks where I've lost my joy, I've lost my heart, I've lost the free blinders off my eyes. I've got tunnel vision where I've got this, 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 and this, and this to do, and that's all I can think of. And it's led me to a position where the people I love in my life are screaming at me, what is wrong with you? Why, why are you upset? Why are you angry? Why are you not laughing? Why was, that was funny. Why aren't you, aren't you, are you not happy? Well, I didn't know I wasn't until somebody asked. Now, I should be the happiest I've ever been in my life. I started my own business. It's doing really, really well. So well that I can't figure out how to do it. There's so, there's so much going on every day that I can't find enough hours to get it done. And not all of that is just work. That's other commitments too. Because... I'm a fixer. That's why I'm a pastor. I inherently feel the need to fix everything I walk past that's broken. Relationships, heartaches, things. I like to fix things. I've been given the hands and the mind and the spirit to want to help you find mending for your problems. But never take a moment and look at mine. Papa's been doing some things to me lately where he's been forcing my brakes. A few weeks ago, I had to be in Ashland, Kentucky, and I had photo shoots all day, all day. Three houses to shoot, properties, and then I had some headshots for a real estate agent. And so 
towards the end of the day when I was doing the headshots, we wanted to do that downtown Ashland, so I parked in front of their office on the main drag there, Winchester Avenue. Nobody told me that on the first Friday of every spring and summer month, they shut that down. And they don't just shut it down like put a couple cones up. No, they bring concrete barriers and end loaders and block my car in. There was one in front of it and one behind it. I couldn't unparalleled park out of it. And when I got in my car and started it, a cop came to me and said, what are you doing, dude? So I had no choice but to put my brakes on and hang out at a humongous block party in Ashland, Kentucky until they brought the end loader back. But I had to wait for them to get ever, all, the, all the hot rods and motorcycles in for the car show and then the blowy bouncy things for the kids and then a couple of the, uh, what are those, uh, the funnel cake and uh, lemonade vendor trucks. So I had like two hours of where I was forced to stop. And just a few days prior, Angie had sat me down and she said, are you happy? And I said, I don't think so. I said, well, this should be the happiest time of your life. And I said, well, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not 100% sure why, but I'm not. She said, well, you're, you're doing what you love. You have your cameras in your hand. You got to do that again. And I said, I know, but I'm not happy. It's not because I'm not doing it, because when I pick up my cameras, I get happy. When I pick up my guitar, I get happy. When I ride my motorcycles or work on a motorcycle, I get happy. But right now, none of that's bringing me joy. And I couldn't figure out why. So, funny part is I had my phone in my back pocket and it was hot. So I guess the moisture unlocked my phone. And this is, this is, this is, this is nothing but Papa's work. Because when I pulled my phone out of my pocket to text her that I was finally leaving, this scripture was on it and I didn't have the Bible app open that day. And there's a passcode to get into my phone. Like, it unlocked from my face, but I don't have a face back there. I don't think. I've been called a butt face. <clears throat> I didn't even write that in my notes. That just came to me. Psalms 91 verses 1 and 2. I'll pull it out right there. It wasn't even the whole chapter. It was just verses 1 and 2. It was, it was for me in that moment. Because I'd decided that I was going to take those couple hours and I was going to grab a couple cameras out of my car and I was going to walk and take pictures from me. And the more I walked, the more I realized I don't really want to. I kind of just want to go home. I don't. I needed to practice. I've got a really big, big job coming up and I needed to practice some outside event stuff. So I thought I'm going to go, I forced it. I went and took pictures of people. And I got back to the car and I was like, man, just didn't really hit the spot. <clears throat> I got what done, what I needed to do. Then I look at my phone and it says this. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in whom I trust. Because I can. I want to read it in this one too. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai. Come on, man. You are hidden in the strength of God most high. He is the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me. See, 
I used to know this in my heart. But there's a level of intimacy that it takes. Really uncomfortable intimacy. I used to experience that intimacy every day. Every day. But I got so wrapped up in the every day that I lost me. Well, <clears throat> I am a photographer. I am a motorcycle builder. I ride motorcycles. I'm a musician. I'm a worshiper. I'm a pastor. But the first thing I am is his son. And then the second thing I am is a husband. And then the third thing I am is a brother. And then the fourth thing I am is a photographer. And then everything else. And then at the top there somewhere is a dog dad. When I preached for years, it's all about priorities. It's all about setting yourself up, doing the first 15 minutes. And I'm telling people to do it on a regular basis and I'm getting excited when they tell me it's having breakthroughs for them, but then I'm forgetting to do it myself. And if it seems like I'm a little angry at myself, I kind of am. No, I've forgiven myself. And so does he. But I missed him so much that I wish I could have all that time back. So the definition of intimacy is a close familiarity. A close friendship. It's also a private or a cozy atmosphere. And what it says here is whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High or the shadow of the Almighty. See, when we get yoked up equally with Jesus and we're both taking on the equal share of the burden, something magical happens. We start to stand and walk in the shadow of Papa. We start to be in the rest with him because when we're linked up with Jesus, we don't have a choice but to rest. Because that rest is something different than just laying our heads down on the table. It's that same rest that on the seventh day God rested. He didn't stop because he was tired. He didn't stop because that was it and that was all he could do. He stopped because it was perfect. Lawyers don't say, I ended my case. They say, I rest my case because they believe that it was perfect. The Lord said, I rest on the seventh day because it was perfect. And when we enter into that rest, that shadow of the Most High, we enter into the perfection that brings us healing. The perfection that shed the blood on the cross, on the mercy seat, so that we don't have to hurt like I am. See, I got this in all caps, and it's the last slide. But the point and the bottom line is it doesn't honor God to pretend like everything's okay. It just doesn't. He already knows it's not. So why do I lie to him? There's a whole list of scriptures in here that I had in a sermon a few years ago. I went and found that sermon and I pulled them back out. <clears throat> and there are scriptures that I used to dwell on, that I used to get in the shadow with. 
Hebrews 13.5, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Psalm 27.1, the Lord is my light, my salvation, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life, and whom shall I be afraid? Big old question. Jeremiah 29.11, for I know the plans I have for you. It's that yoke. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Psalm 147.3, he heals the brokenhearted and binds their wounds. Psalm 55.22, cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. Cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. Why did I used to read that with a question mark after that? It's an exclamation point. He will never let the righteous be shaken. Philippians 1.6, be confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on until the completion and the day of the coming Christ. And then one of my favorites, Mark 10.27, Jesus looked at them and said, with man this is impossible. But God, but with God, all things are possible. <clears throat> so I'm going to tie this up in a different sort of way than what I normally would. And it's with some news that I'm going to do something that I've never done. And I'm taking a break. I've spoken with Jamie, and from June through the first week of July, I'm taking a sabbatical. I'm taking a sabbatical from just about everything in my life except for what work I have to do and what I'm already committed to. And I'm going to spend some time reintroducing myself to my father. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get on my bike and disappear in his arms. I'm going to sit on my porch with my dog. I'm not going to stress or dwell on the right now, but stress and dwell on the forever. And I've had breaks from Grace Life. I've had breaks from ministry. I've, we've been in ministry for seven years now. A little bit, little, eight, eight. Yeah, eight. Four years here in September. I've had breaks from here, but they've been breaks for healing. Recovering from something like COVID or some major surgeries. And I thought those were sabbaticals. I thought those were rest. Stress doesn't bring rest. Physical, mental, doesn't work that way. So... That's my story, and I'm going to stick to it. And if you see me, you need to kick me in the butt and tell me to go home. In fact, when Jamie and I talked about it, he gave me some, some, some strict rules. Don't come here. In fact, go places you've never been and just go sit on the back and get fed. Go listen to what he says you are. Because that's what I forgot. 
that's my testimony for this week, for today, tied up with some good news. Because you can see that leaders can teach and still not quite understand it sometimes. You play a little bit. So <clears throat> I'm going to, like I said, close in a little bit different way and put my brother Joe on the spot. Joe, if you'll come up here, please. As uh, normally, I would give an invitation to you. But today, I'm going to ask somebody to pray for me. I've maybe done that four or five times in my life. I love you, brother. If you guys will stand to your feet, let's just pray. I'm going to let Joe close us out today. Can I share a little something just real quick? I think it's so important for us to be reminded that he's given us an open invitation to a relationship with him and to be encouraged to know that we can come as we are. And I'll be honest, if I didn't have that reminded to me, I would have never came through those front doors six months ago. And if I didn't have that reminder daily and throughout the day, I would forget to come to him as I am. Because I can get to be a complete broken mess and this world spins my mind completely out of control. So anyone else that feels this invitation is welcome to join us as well. You can come up front or stand where you are. Just lift your hands and believe with us. Oh, Heavenly Father, we just thank you. We thank you for Jesus. Father, we thank you for giving the best you had for all of us kids, Lord. Lord, I just lift my brother Frank up to you right now. And I thank you that after you completed all the work, the finished work through Christ on the cross, that you rested on that last day, seeing that it was made perfect. Father, as I lay my brother and I lay all my brothers and sisters and even myself at your feet right now, Lord, I just thank you that you speak to us that we are more than enough, that we are loved, that we've been made perfect, we are made whole, we are made righteous. For he who knew no sin became our sin so that we could become the righteousness of God. So Father, I just declare right now that these battles are yours, Lord, that they're not ours. You created one who is perfect, one who finished the work, and one who finished the war on our behalves. And I declare right now victory over our lives. I ask that you sound the shofar over the battle, knowing that the victory is already yours and we get to share in that victory right now, Lord. And with that victory, we find rest. We find rest off of the battlefield, knowing that you war on our behalf. So, Father, we cast all of this to you. We cast the stress, the anxiety, the misidentification, the rejection, the shame, the remorse, the fear, the guilt. It doesn't matter what might come against this mind. If God be for us, who can be against us? I ask right now, Father, that the Holy Spirit continue to bring 
things to our minds and remind us in the moments that we cast our cares upon you and we take your yoke of peace and of love and of joy and of hope and that you show us that we walk with us, that we walk with you, Lord. So, Father, I speak into my brother right now, Frank, that you are righteous. You've been made perfect. You've been made whole. Father, I ask that you bind anxiety. You bind oh, all that is not of you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Father. I thank you right now that the work has been completed and that we get to take a big, deep breath. Ah, knowing that you are embracing us in your arms and saying, Son, I love you. And I've already got it taken care of. Just trust me with it. And I'm going to work it out. Father, I ask right now, as, as my brother Frank goes on this time alone with you, Lord, that you meet him everywhere he goes. Your word says that where two or more gathered, you are amidst, and where two or more touch and agree, it shall be done. So, Lord, I ask that you just continue to invite us in. You pull us in. You bring us in. You be that small, still whisper voice in our ears, and you shut the mouth of the liar because he's a terrible liar. And we know the truth, and the truth is Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. So, Father, we receive the way, the truth, and the life upon our lives. We thank you, Father, for the work that has been completed. Father, I bless this man abundantly from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. I ask that you release the power of the Holy Spirit to be released upon him and that he is reminded continually that we find wisdom in the counsel of many, and that is because we order, you order the steps of the righteous, and that we learn through experience in a relationship with you that we get to know you, and we get to help each other through this walk, that life is a team sport, that we do this together. So, Father, I just ask that you continue to show us one step at a time, and that we rest in peace with you. Father, we love you, we bless you, we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. As a woman that has gone through a pretty traumatic experience, Angie, would you come up here and just hold Pastor Frank's hand? And I know you trust me because by God's grace, my heart is pure, but I want to speak into your life and I want to just say that while you're resting, keep a close, tight hand on her. Don't forget about her. She's your life. She's a gift to you, and he's a gift to you. And y'all are special. That's, the, the battle's hard, but you're special. You have anointing on you. And um, I just want to encourage you that in this journey that you're going to take in the next month, you're going to cry together. You might even scream a little bit. Just let each other do that. And then hold each other. Because when you let a wedge between there while you're trying to heal and grow, that can affect in the future. So just allow each other to heal how you need to. If you need to go for a ride, cool, then you go get your nails done or go get your toes done. 
it's an equal opportunity for you both to be pampered, to rest, to receive, and hurt. Because you're both hurt a little bit, maybe a lot. And so I really ask that God will take that. Just throw it away. It's going to go away. But only through the things that you love. And um, that's music. That's each other. That's writing. I'm not really sure what you love. You love you're a good cook. I do know that. <laughs> but just date each other, man. Date each other during this next month. Do things together that you haven't got to do in a really long time. And if that's just to sit on the couch and like your PJs on a Sunday morning, then do it. You know, do it. Just just have fun. Make breakfast for each other. Um, that's it. I just felt like I needed to publicly proclaim that over you because I, I don't want Satan to ruin what you've gone through. So it's exciting to see where the Lord's going to take you. And we support you 100%. I guess I speak on behalf of Pastor Jamie and you guys. We support you. You grow, heal, and um, we love you. And I don't know the little speech that they do at the end, so... I got to do the speech. We like to speak this blessing over you. The Lord has blessed you. The Lord is keeping you. The Lord is making his face shine upon you. He is being gracious to you. He is, has turned his face towards you. And he is giving you peace. We love you guys and I'll see you next week.